from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number three of The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're out here on the West Coast, hey, it's finally Friday for us. If you're out there on the East Coast, it has been Friday for about three hours or so. So we're going to get you guys everything that you need to be able to have a successful handicapping Friday. Going to be going through some college basketball picks here in the first segment going to be taking a little bit of a look at the NBA as well looking a little bit forward to the NFL as well and then I'll just give you guys what I like in general on the slate at the end of the hour if you want to miss me a New York Post pick that I want to giving out in the last hour have no fear I will be refreshing that here in the final hour but it is going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting in general. And if you did wind up missing that breakdown, you're always able to catch it at the VSIM Best Bets podcast. You're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're able to find all of our hours right over there at vsim.com slash podcast. So we've got you covered on that front, and I've got you covered with regards to college basketball as well. Now, when it comes to the games that we're going to be seeing out there in the Southland tournament, you've actually got something really interesting that's going down with that. I'm currently not seeing any openers when it comes to these games. You're going to be able to expect them in the AM. Houston Baptist, New Orleans, Northwestern State, Incarnate Word, Southeast Louisiana, McNeese State, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Nichols. Don't have no fear there because I want to break these down on the podcast. Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, giving you guys just my general handicap with that. But as of right now, nothing is bettable. And when it comes to these sorts of situations, you can expect these to come out right around 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern. Sometimes it's a tad bit earlier. Sometimes it's a tad bit later. But just from past experience, you're able to take a look at those. And also, don't bet on UW-Green Bay against Oakland. Oakland is going to be playing against a non-D1 school. This game has been postponed, but I am seeing just about all books winding up posting this up. So just a little bit of something to be able to help you save some time there. Instead, we've got to be taking a look at where the money is able to be made. 865, 866. You've got yourself UW-Milwaukee hitting the road to face off against Detroit. Typically, Milwaukee versus Detroit would be an NBA matchup. Instead, it's an Horizon League shootout, and you've got a total of anywhere between 136.5 and 137.5 when it comes to this game. And Detroit, you're finding them between a four and a five-point favorite. And it seems like money has been coming in a little bit on UW-Milwaukee, but you can't expect Pat Baldwin Jr. to be out there. He wound up playing in the team's last game for just 11 minutes coming in off the bench. He seems to have re-aggravated something, so... Has been a big giant issue. A guy that many people thought was going to be a lottery pick. I can tell you right now, his stock has been plummeting. It has been a really, really bad year. I mean, I just I take a look at it every single time. You wind up seeing these guys 
that are like top 50 guys. They wind up going to smaller schools. Very rarely does it work out. So it's been a sad state of affairs there. And it really is a little bit of a sad state of affairs for UW-Milwaukee as well. I was expecting a little bit more out of them. I personally wound up seeing this line at five. So the fact that it's coming down to more like a four and a half and a four, it does have me in on Detroit because Detroit is going to have the best score out there on the floor. His name is Antoine Davis. Antoine Davis has been able to give this Detroit team a little bit over 22 points per game, right around four assists. has been a solid three-point shooter. The big question with him has been trying to be able to get other guys to be able to help him out a little bit because when it comes to this Detroit team, you've got Yukat Masech, who's been able to give you right around 15 points per game. He's been able to do a solid job down low, but you take a look at the rest of Detroit. Someone like a DJ Harvey has been banged up. He hasn't been able to do really anything for this team, and as a result, Detroit has really had to throttle down this season. This is a bunch when it comes to possessions per game is in the bottom 100. With that said, this is a team that they do shoot as a collective 78% of the free throw line. So that is a big redeeming quality. Antoine Davis has been one of the better free throw shooters in all of college basketball. But you know who else has had to throttle down? UW-Milwaukee. This is a team that they were just pretty much an automatic over in their final 10 games of the season last year. Now there are a bunch of which it certainly has been a little bit tougher sweating. Tougher sledding for this UW-Milwaukee team because with this UW-Milwaukee team, they've slowed down to 269th in the country with regards to possessions per game. With having all these injuries, DeAndre Golson is able to give you some relatively solid production, a guy that's able to give you 15.5 points. He's able to chip in there right around 6 rebounds per game. But Donovan Newby, who is looking like a solid guy for the team, he has scored single digits in each other team's last three games. He has seen some big-time regression. And when it comes to this Detroit team, they actually have been relatively solid on defense. This is a team that ever since Mike Davis wound up taking over, you may remember, he actually used to be the Indiana head coach. He has been able to do a much better job with the defense this year than in past years. So I do think that that is something that is very impactful to take a look at when it comes to Detroit. This is a bunch of which they've been able to play a little bit better at home than they have been on the road. Interestingly, UW-Milwaukee does about all their covers have actually been coming on the road this year. So that is a little bit of something that you do lump into that. But I do think that guys like Matt Johnson, Kevin McAdoo, they're going to be able to come through. They're going to be able to do just enough to be able to help out this Detroit team. So I did wind up setting Detroit as a five-point favorite personally. So seeing more of the force, I'm willing to lay it here. When it comes to the total, I think that both of these teams are going to look to pump up the tempo a little bit more here at 137 after 138. We'll be taking a look at the under, though, because I did wind up setting my total more around a 137, so that's going to be a really interesting game. What else is really interesting is taking a look at one of the better cover teams in all of college basketball, and you wouldn't expect me to be saying that this is one of the better cover teams in all of college basketball. It's out there in the Ivy League. It is Cornell, the good old Big Red. If you're taking a look at the rotation numbers, this is 871, 872. Penn is the home team. They are three and a half point favorites over Cornell. Your total is anywhere between 157 and 157 and a half. And when it comes to what you've been able to find out of this Cornell team is that they have been relative cover machines all season long. When it comes to Cornell, nine and one against the spread. That is absolutely amazing. And what I thought was going to be really interesting coming into the year is how bookmakers were going to be able to gauge these Ivy League teams. And quite a few of these teams have been very profitable. You've got one team from the Ivy League that has been more than one game below 500 against the spread. That'd be Yale. And Yale has been a big, fat disappointment at 5-9 and nine against the spread. A lot of these teams, they've been relatively in the middle. Like, Brown is 8-6 and six against the spread. Harvard's 5-4. and four, Princeton's 6-5. and five. But what else has been really interesting with Cornell? This team has pumped up the tempo. Eight overs, two unders in their games. Here are teams with a higher over rate 
than Cornell this season. Their over rate is 80% because out of their 10 games, eight of them have gone over. Louisiana Monroe, and ironically enough, Princeton. That's where the money has been made in the Ivy League. If you've been taking these teams and you've been taking their overs, you are really cashing in. There's not a single team that has played in equal amount or more unders than overs. Your worst team to the overs, Yale, at seven overs and six unders. It has been absolutely insane to be able to take a look at these. And bookmakers have adjusted because now you've got a big, fat 157.5 out there, and I think that it's a little bit too far. You've got a Penn team in which they play a little bit more under control. This is a Cornell team that, no question, they are looking to gun it. This is a Cornell team that, when it comes to possessions per game, they do rank in the top 40 in all of college basketball. They are clocking in right around in that neighborhood of about 25, 30-ish. So they certainly have been slowing, or they have certainly have been pumping it up quite a bit. But Penn, this is a team that they've been able to do a good job of being able to play a little bit more under control, right around 200th in the country with this regard. And when it comes to Penn, I think that they've got the best player on the floor. His name is Jordan Dingle. Dingle has been able to give this team 20 points per game with Penn when you wound up seeing them last two seasons ago. This was a team that they were very defective at the free throw line. They were very, very bad with that aspect. They were always one of the worst teams at all of college basketball, even when they made the NCAA tournament in 2018. That's really been the Steve Donahue special, who, by the way, Steve Donahue, the coach of Penn, where he coached before Cornell when they want to make it that Sweet 16 run. So you got to feel like there's going to be bad blood on both sides, and that's what we love to see when it comes to some of these mid-major matchups. But I do think that it's going to be really intriguing to see what we do wind up getting out of this Penn team outside of Jordan Dingle because you've got a guy who has been able to step up in Max Martz with right around five and a half rebounds per game. And this is a Cornell team that they've been bad with regards to the glass. I do think that that is going to be a little bit of bugaboo for the team, not just in this game, but moving forward. Cornell is a team that I do think has quite a bit of upside with Keller Boothby being able to shoot. I kid you not here. 56% from three-point range. He has scored over 50% from three-point range in four out of the team's last five games. He's averaging right around 10 points per contest, but this is truly a Cornell team in which the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. They've got right around an eight to nine man rotation and all these guys average at least six points per game. And you've got only one guy, that'd be Jordan Jones, who is averaging more than 12 and a half points per game. And for Mr. Jones, he has been out of the fold a little bit for the team. Has not played ever since early December. He's expected to miss this game as well, which is why I do wind up getting giving Penn a little bit more of a leg up in this spot. I wind up setting Penn as a six point favorite. And we have seen with Cornell, the offense has been slowed down a little bit. They did wind up playing one of their two unders in that game against Syracuse. You know that they looked a little bit out of sorts ever since they wound up having their main scorer in Jones be out of the fold. Now, they did do a good job of being able to speed up Dartmouth, but Dartmouth isn't necessarily a lot to write home about. So I do take a look at this game. I do think that there is good value here to the under because I do think that bookmakers are adjusting to what we've seen out of these Ivy League teams. And I take a look at Penn being a three and a half point favorite. And I think that that's too low. I want up saying them as a six point favorite. So I think that you've got some relatively solid value there. And I do think that there's some good value when it comes to the other Ivy League team that I mentioned has been just very harebrained with regards to the over in general. That'd be the Princeton versus Columbia game. And I think that there's a little bit of value here in fading the, this Princeton bunch who is up to a 17 and a half point favorite with your total on this game, 146 and a half. I just think that with Princeton, what comes up must come down. Right now, they are the top team with regards to overrate in all of college basketball. But, I mean, this is not a Princeton offense that 
is known for necessarily going super up-tempo when it comes to possessions per game. They're right around 133rd in the country, which that makes a lot of sense. They're not necessarily too fast. They're not necessarily too slow. This is a Columbia team that wanted blast playing against a D1 foe about four weeks ago, so it has been quite a while for them. When it comes to Columbia, I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job on the glass. They themselves are a mid-tempo team, but I think that what really pushes Columbia over the top, Ike Nikwe is back in the fold for this team. He was someone that played during the 2019-20 season before things wound up getting shut down and the Ivy League wound up opting out last season. He, in that season, averaged right around 9.5 points, 5.5 rebounds. His addition is going to be very big for this Columbia team moving forward. And then also Patrick Harding, the transfer from Bryant, has been able to give this team 7 rebounds per game. We're going to be tying a little bit of a bow on this preview on the other side. And then getting into a little bit of NBA as well. We're going to be going with a lot of hoops in this final hour of the look at it, as it is myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg. So more hoops action coming your way on the other side right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi line, follow the money, and hey, Coast to Coast Hoops, which a new episode dropped 15 minutes and 24 seconds ago if you're listening to this live and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, what have you, including the world of wine garden as Jason wine gardens joined me in the second hour. He is the host of that one. So absolutely tremendous to be able to get him aboard Pam Aldonado as well. And for those of you guys who are listening live, well, the next three hours is going to be me again. If you're listening to the replay, that'd be three 15 AM Pacific time. If you're out there on the East coast, that's more around six 15 AM. You're going to be able to get follow the money in about 45 minutes. They're going to be joined by Vincent Bonsignor, does a great job over there at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Grant Polson does a great job over there with the fan in Washington, D.C., Ira Kaufman. So 
They are locked and loaded there. We're locked and loaded behind the scenes. Everyone here at VSIN does absolutely terrific work. Taylor does a great job on audio. We've got our man Oliver doing the work as the PA. Our, my man Jason Kahn doing an absolutely terrific job producing today. And then you've got Nick Wells, the technical director. All these people make everything that we do here at VSIN possible. It's why you're seeing me right now and hearing me. If you're listening more on the audio side without them, you would not be able to get sports takes. Hopefully I can get those bets to the window. That is my job. So I've got what many people think is the most difficult job, but I always call it the most rewarding job possible. Without the guys behind the scenes, I would not be able to do everything that I do. These guys are the best in the business. So big ups to them and big ups to the fact that we've got Ivy League basketball here on Friday. We were talking about this game a little bit earlier between Princeton and Columbia. I did mention that Princeton has been the best over team in all of college basketball this season, but I do think that this is a game that is going to be going a little bit more under the total. I just don't know if Princeton is going to be able to keep up the three-point shooting that they've got this year. Out of their top four scores, three of them shoot at least 39% for three-point range. If you take a look at Princeton, this has been a team that has really been able to light it up from three-point range from distance this season. They've been a little bit of a revelation as against D1 foes, they are 30th in all of college basketball shooting 37.5% from three-point range. So that has been really intriguing to take a look at Columbia well, we're going to call it what it is. This has not necessarily been the world's greatest defense, but at the same time, I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to clog things up down low. Ike being able to come back in the fold, that is going to be very big for this team. And you take a look at the backcourt of Columbia, I do think that it's going to be fascinating to see what we wind up getting out of this team moving forward as well, because you've got to suspect that there might be a little bit of rust for this team. Last time they wound up playing, you have to go all the way back to their game against Sacred Heart. That wound up being in pretty much the middle of December, December 13th to be exact, but for Princeton, this is a team that they're going to have a little bit of rust on them as well. This is a Princeton bunch that they haven't necessarily been able to get in a lot of reps ever since they wound up having to go away for Christmas break as well as their last game against a D1 foe because they did wind up having a game pop up against Keene College, but with that said, last time they wound up playing, that was against the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. That was on the 13th of December. And when you take a look at these teams that wind up coming off of these COVID-19 pauses, in this case, a little bit more Christmas break for a lot of these teams, they do typically seemingly have a little bit more tendencies to turn the ball over. They seem to be a little bit out of sorts on offense. You wind up seeing that with a team like Colorado State a couple days ago when they wound up playing against Air Force. So I do think that that is something that is very big to factor in with regards to this. And when it comes to Columbia, I do think that you're going to be able to get just enough out of the backcourt to be able to hang in this game against a Princeton team that you do have Tyson Evie Baum, who has been able to be a good six foot eight stretch player that's able to give you right around four and a half assists. He's been chipping in their double digit amount of points, right around seven rebounds per game. But for Columbia, what I think is going to be so key for this team is just being able to hold up at the point of attack, being able to guard the three-point arc. And this is a Columbia team that you take a look at them throughout the season. It's been a little bit more hit or miss, but they've been able to do a little bit of better job of that recently. And I think that the big key for them is going to be Geronimo Ruby De La Rosa. That is a very fun name, by the way. 12 and a half points, right around three and a half assists per game. Guy that isn't necessarily burying his trees, but Liam Murphy, the six foot five stretch player that joins him, is able to give the team 13 points. He is bearing 41% of his triples. So I want him saying this line more on a 13. I do think that Princeton is going to be a little bit rusty with their offense. So also made this little 143 and a half. So I'm taking a look at an under and I'm going to be taking a look in this spot of being able to take the points here with Columbia along with that under. But you take a look at the NBA as well. You don't have as many overnight numbers when it comes to a lot of these games because you do have a lot of question marks. I want up hitting on it in hour one. Just some of these guys in which it's like, man, he is still 
playing basketball. They are right now suiting up like Mario Chalmers wound up getting a recent deal. I, I think that the leading scorer of Chicago State from a few years ago, Travion Palmer, has actually signed a 10-day deal as well. Hey, look, a pig wound up flying as well. So, I mean, that's where we're at with regards to the NBA and some of these signings right now. John Teske was working in it like a warehouse like a month ago. He wound up getting signed as well. So, I mean, it is absolutely hilarious to see some of these guys that are going to be sitting it up. So, you do want to be taking a look at that, as I always mention, in-game betting when it comes to the NBA as well, especially with these moving and shaking rosters. I think that's the best way of being able to put it. That is something that could wind up being very key, but... With that said, we are seeing some openers coming out for this NBA Friday. And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what we get in this Brooklyn Nets versus Milwaukee Bucks game. In the few places I do have this posted up, I'm seeing this game being right around to pick them. And what I think is going to be intriguing is just how the Nets wind up gauging this whole Kyrie Irving situation. Because Kyrie Irving is going to be a part-time player. And what I think is going to be really, really interesting is... This obviously is not going to be the case for this one, but let's say that the Brooklyn Nets wind up having a back-to-back. -back. They wind up playing leg one at home, and then they wind up having to travel for leg two. They're actually going to have fresh legs when it comes to Kyrie Irving, which I think that that is absolutely hilarious, but I do think that this is a Nets team that is going to be a little bit vulnerable moving forward. I do take a look at this Bucks team. Obviously, you've been dealing with a couple injuries for this team. Dante DiVincenzo has been out darn near all year long. You've got Drew Holiday. He is now in health and safety protocols, which is why you wind up having Lang Sanity. Lang Galloway wind up getting signed off the scrappy. Now, Giannis is listed on the injury report with an illness. It seems like he's probable. Seems like he's most likely going to be able to play. Last wound up playing on Monday. And, well, Giannis has not been skipping any steps when it comes to this team. 28 plus points at each other team's last five games. 10 plus rebounds in four of them. So this guy has been on a heater recently. And then you take a look at what you've been able to get out of the Brooklyn Nets and the very obvious thing is that Kyrie Irving, after he wound up playing the team's game two days ago, he is not going to be out there for this one. But obviously, you're going to have a lot of your other key pieces that you've been seeing throughout the season. You're going to be able to have out there Kevin Durant, who has been able to do a relatively solid job all season long for this team. When it comes to MVP voting, I put him at number two. I think that Seth Curry is clearly the number one guy. But Durant leading the league in scoring 30 points per game. You take a look at him and... He hasn't skipped a step either. 26 plus points in each out of the team's last five games, but it hasn't done them a lot of good as they have lost now four out of their last five games. The only reason why they were able to come back against the Indiana Pacers after being down by 19 points is because you did wind up having Kyrie Irving out there, and you've got to feel like that might wind up messing up with the sort of makeup in general of this team. Patty Mills has been a very good sharpshooter off the bench when it comes to the team, but you're giving David Duke right now starts in. That is not necessarily a place in which you want to be. I, I liked him at Providence. At Providence, he was a solid player. That doesn't mean that he's necessarily great in the NBA. So I do think that that might be a little bit of an issue. He's a little bit of a versatile player. He's able to give you a couple of rebounds at right around six foot four. But I take a look at the Bucs and I think that they should be able to have a little bit of a leg up. I just have not necessarily been in on this Nets team to start with. I don't see why they're right around like plus 250-ish when it comes to the odds board to be able to win the NBA title in general. So this is more or less me continuing to fade the Nets here. I'd take a look at the Bucs as long as Giannis plays because he is currently dealing with an illness. You want to make sure that Giannis is playing. I think that the Bucs 
should be able to take this one. And when it comes to another intriguing game that I'm seeing out there, the Atlanta Hawks is going to be playing against the LA Lakers. And this is a Lakers bunch that you're finding as right around a two and a half point favorite. And I can tell you right now, even though the Lakers have looked a little bit better in recent days, I still am not buying into what they're selling. This is a bunch that they have been able to win each other last three games at a very impressive 139 point performance against the Portland Trailblazers. But you've been dealing with a lot of ailments when it comes to this team as well. LeBron James, he is right now dealing with being day-to-day as well. He's probably going to wind up playing in this game. He's still dealing with that ab issue. And when it comes to LeBron James, I mean, I was talking about the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo is on a little bit of a heater. How about what this guy's been able to do? He wound up scoring 26 points in that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves to break up the longest streak of 30-plus points that he wound up having in his career. So that is something that has been really benefiting the Lakers. But how long is he going to be able to keep this up? I don't think that he's necessarily going to be able to keep this up all season long. But I mean, LeBron James has been able to defy time as it is. But I do think that this is built on sand a little bit when it comes to what you're able to get out of the Hawks as well. You've also got Trey Young, who is most likely going to be probable for this team. He's been dealing with a little bit of a back issue. You do want to be checking in on his status because if Young is unable to go in this game, I certainly would not be able to advise a player on the Atlanta Hawks. But if you wind up getting a healthy Trey Young, I do think that they should be able to pull this one off outright. I think that this is a Lakers team in which they are going to see LeBron James hit a little bit of a brick wall when it comes to just everything that he's been doing with all these 30-plus points games. And I am betting on a little bit of regression there. And something else that is always making progress, the NFL. We've got Week 18 games to break down next right here on VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker that is now available to you on VSIN.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Cover VSIN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week for the following trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. You're able to use Pop prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game that is all at your disposable at your disposal. Now at Beeson.com slash NFL as it is the it is the look at it with myself, Greg Oops Peterson. I very nearly brought up my show, the Greg Peterson Experience, which that is every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 a.m. So same same time slot, just different days, and that'll be coming your way tomorrow. So always do love being able to fill in for Scott Seidenberg right here on the look at. So we've got some very interesting action to take a look at for Friday, but we've got some interesting action when it comes to weekend as well. Out there in the NFL, you've got a lot of games of which, shall we say, they're going to be a little bit more harebrained, but you got to feel like there's going to be all the motivation in the world when it comes to this one between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. Texans are currently finding themselves as a 10-point underdog. Your total on this game, air between 42 and 43. Now, when it comes to the Houston Texans, they are potentially going to have to face off against Derrick Henry because Henry has now returned to practice for the Tennessee Titans. In my personal opinion, I highly doubt that we wind up seeing Derrick King Henry. With that said, the fact that he's practicing, what that means more is that the Titans are going to be a scarier out when it comes to postseason. The reason why I wasn't necessarily bullish on the Tennessee Titans before is because I didn't know whether or not we'd be getting Derrick Henry back for the postseason. By all accounts, it seems like he is going to be back for the postseason. Derrick Henry still listed on injured reserve, so he needs to be activated off of that. But 
it looks like he is going to be activated off of there. So that is going to allow him to be able to return him when he was out there. I mean, the guy was absolutely magnificent. He was looking like an offensive player of the year candidate. Obviously, now that is going to be belonging to either Cooper Cup or it is going to be going to Jonathan Taylor. He's been able to have an absolutely tremendous year for the Colts. But you take a look at the Titans team. It's been a team that has been banged up all season long. And this is about as close to full staff as the Titans have looked since Derrick Henry. You've got out there Julio Jones along AJ Brown who have been back in the fold. These are two guys that they have been dealing with their fair share of injuries. Now, Roger Saffold dealing with a little bit of an injury on that offensive line. But, I mean, really, if you wind up getting back Derrick Henry either for this game or if you wind up getting him back for the postseason because I do think that the Titans are not going to lay it all on the line when it comes to this game against the Texans. You know that they want to be able to lock up that number one seed. But at the same time, they would much rather be a two or a three seed in the playoffs and have Derrick Henry back rather than have him get injured trying to bring him back a little bit too early. But I do think that they are going to be able to do solid job there. And Janoris Jenkins has really been a underrated corner for the team. He's been able to do a relatively solid job, not necessarily a guy that goes out there and has been able to get you a whole bunch of interceptions this season, but always a very good lockdown guy. I don't think that he can be, I don't think that he gets the buff that he deserves. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Houston Texans and, I will say Davis Mills has actually been halfway decent for this team. And if you're taking a look at some of those props, if you're taking a look at just some of the guys in which they are going to be able to get a little bit of an incentive, one of the big ones that you've got to be taking a look at for this week is Rex Burkett. Rex Burkett is right now sitting on 403 rushing yards. I believe the number is 90-70. Yes, to get to 500 for him to be able to get a little bit of a booster when it comes to his incentives and it's right there. 120, 103 total yards will earn him $125,000. So that is something that you do want to be taking a look at with regards to Rex Burkhead. If you go to DraftKings, they obviously do a great job when it comes to all these player props. They've got a little bit of everything. But if you take a look at his player prop on this game, you're finding him being able to clock in there. He's going to be someone that is going to be a little bit impactful to this one because right now when it comes to Rex Burkett, his over-under when it comes to yards is 41.5. I believe that that is rushing yards and rushing yards only, but I do think that that is something that might be worth taking a little bit of a look at because I believe that he's up there when it comes to receiving yards as well. He is going to be a little bit further down the line. So if you do think that he is going to be able to do this, you're going to be able to get a nice little bit of a plus price there. And when it comes to what you're going to be able to get out of the Texans as well, it's an offense in which it's been a little bit better ever since Davis Mills wound up getting his second crack at quarterback Tyrod Taylor. I mean, it was just very clear. He was not working out for the team. Now the skill guys, you do have your question marks when it comes to quite a few of them. I do think that Farrell Brown might actually have a little bit of a future in this league. Chris Connolly has been able to step up a little bit more recently for the team as well. He wound up having a nice game against the LA Chargers a few weeks ago. So you are seeing some signs of brightness when it comes to the Texans. I just think that there's too much here with regards to the Tennessee Titans. I think that it's just really not necessarily a motivational thing for the Texans. It's just flat out they don't have enough talent to be able to hang with the Tennessee Titans. And for Ryan Tannehill, what has been very big for him is that he has cut down on the turnovers recently as well. One interception last four weeks. We remember those games that he wound up having in early November, late October. He was really turning the ball over left and right when Derrick Henry was just out of the fold. 
he's really been able to lock in with that aspect. So I do think that the Titans should be able to get the job done. And I think that they get the job done here to two touchdowns. So I mean, here out of 10, I'd be taking a look at it. And I gravitate a little bit more towards it over. The Titans defense has been a little bit better recently. And the Texans offense, they have certainly been able to improve. I look a little bit more towards the over, but I do think that that is a little bit more of wait and see mode with regards to that aspect of this when it comes to what we're going to be seeing with regards to Chargers Raiders this is going to be a big one as well this is a game that is going to be in prime time at 5 20 p.m pacific 8 20 p.m eastern time right now you're finding the Chargers as a three-point favorite and your total on this game is 49 and a half very interesting one of these teams if they wind up losing is most likely going to be knocked out of the postseason if both of these teams were to just lay down and both of these teams were to decide you know what we're not going to play this game we want to take a tie if there was a tie scenario, both of these teams would actually get into the postseason, which I think that that leads to something very interesting. Obviously, you're going to have that not be the case, although I do think that that would be absolutely hilarious if we wind up seeing just both of these teams take a knee for like 60 minutes. The under would come through in that instance, but when it comes to the Las Vegas Raiders, I do think that a lot of credit needs to be given to everything that we've seen out of Derek Carr this season. Derek Carr be able to put up some nice numbers 4600 yards the 21 interceptions is a little bit tough but you take a look at what he's been able to do off the field for the Raiders just being able to keep the ship afloat with regards to everything that the Raiders have gone through they wound up going through the Henry Rugg situation John Gruden winds up getting fired and he's been able to keep this team online unlike I think very few quarterbacks would be able to do so now the interceptions when it comes to the on-field standpoint that's an issue he has thrown at least one interception in each of the last four weeks, two plus sacks in all those weeks as well. So that is an issue that you do take a look at. But when it comes to the Chargers, it's been a very up and down team. I think that that's the best way of being able to put it with regards to them. Because when it comes to the LA Chargers, you have seen the best of this team. When they wound up going out, they scored north of 40 points against the Cleveland Browns and won the best shootouts of the season. They were able to do a very good job when they went on the road and they took down the Cincinnati Bengals. But I mean, this is a team that two weeks ago, they also lost on the road to the Houston Texans. So we have seen the best of times and the worst of times for the LA Chargers. Now, when it comes to the Chargers, I do like what I've seen out of Justin Herbert all season long, a guy that has truly been able to light it up. And when this team has struggled, it is oftentimes when Austin Eckler has either been limited or has been out of the fold for Herbert, 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, but he too has had his turnover woes recently, three interceptions in the last three weeks, was able to get much more online in that win against the Denver Broncos last week. But I do think that really the key to this offense is Austin Eckler. When it comes to Eckler, when he's been off the field, it's just been a little bit of a different unit, a guy that's able to do it both in the passing game along with being able to do a good job of being able to rack up 11 touchdowns. Not necessarily a home run hitter out of the backfield, but he's actually a little bit more of a home run hitter when it comes to the receiving aspect of things. 65 catches, so he does a good job of being able to take the pressure off of Justin Herbert. And then you take a look at this LA Chargers defense, and they have been very stout in the front seven with Joey Bosa along Jerry Tillery. So I think that the, the Raiders who have had their issues of being able to protect Derek Carr they are certainly going to be in for it as well. I take a look at the Chargers, and I do think that this is a bunch that should be able to get the job done in this spot. When it comes to the total, I mean, the Raiders are a team that they are very good at being able to cash overs for you, which is not something that can be said for much of the league because you take a look at the NFL this season, and unders have really been reigning supreme. We've just seen it ever since really week one of this season because the under 
currently hitting at a 55.3% clip. You've got 141 unders, 114 overs. I think that you've got one push in there. There might be two, but it certainly has been an under league this season. But for the Las Vegas Raiders, and just take a look at this defense, and you're dealing with quite a few banged up parts. This is a team that they wound up losing Gerald McCoy very early on in the season. They were banking on him being able to help out. Now, the good news for the team is it seems like Denzel Perryman is getting a little bit more healthy. He wanted being able to return to that game against the Indianapolis Colts last week. Should be out there once again this week. I think that he's a little bit more impactful than what a lot of people would lead on, but this is a team that they wind up taking a lot of sacks when it comes to Derek Carr taking them. Meanwhile, they don't necessarily give them out as much. When it comes to the defense, they have a tough time being able to force turnovers. So I do think that the Chargers should be able to get the job done in this spot. And when it comes to being able to get the job done on Friday, we are going to be taking a look at some college basketball games that are of interest. I'm going to be giving you guys my New York Post play of the day. So we're going to be running through that and being able to give you guys just as many different ways to be able to make money as seemingly possible on this Friday next. Right here on the look at on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do now through April 5th now through April 5th for only $69 sign up now and you'll receive our daily best bets emails 24/7 video access the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game it's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year so don't miss out on one of our best deals all season long visit vsin.com/bigdeal to be able to sign up today as it is the final segment of The Look at it with myself, Greg Peterson. If you are catching this live, you get three hours of me next, which is always a, in my opinion, good thing. There might be those that disagree, so I'll just call it a thing for that for that reason because I don't know how you wind up feeling about that, but you're going to get another three hours of me. 
coming up in 15 minutes. If you're listening to the replay at 6.45 a.m. Eastern, 3.45 a.m. Pacific, I'm able to say it with a little bit more confidence that you're going to like what you're hearing. Follow the money. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they're going to have Ira Kaufman on there. He always does an absolutely terrific job. They are locked and loaded with regards to their guest list. So you're going to have three great hours of that. Meanwhile, I've got some college basketball picks for you guys. How about if we go with my New York Post play of the day? How about if we go Xavier versus Butler? Right now, you're finding Butler as anywhere between a five and five and a half point on underdog, and your tallest game is anywhere between 130 and a half and 131. And I want to make it the New York Post play of the day, Butler. As a matter of fact, I think that they should be able to win this game out right now. For the Post, I'm officially going to be giving out the spread because these are numbers that they wind up moving. You wind up having to file these in a little bit earlier on during the day. So, you just never know how things wind up going around. And let's face it, with what we've seen with regards to guys getting ruled out at the very last minute, that's always a little bit of a horse apiece situation. But when it comes to Xavier, this is a team that they play much differently on defense on the road than they do at home. At home, this is one of the most dominant defenses in all of college basketball. But you take a look at what has happened when the team has hit the road per one or possessions. They allowed 21.9 points more per one or possessions than they do at home. So I think that that's very important. And then you take a look at Butler. This has been a team that has had a little bit of a rough time on the glass, but now they've got Bryce Enzi, the transfer from UW-Milwaukee back, a guy that has been able to give you right around five and a half rebounds per game. He's their leader in rebounds and block shots per game. So I think that he's going to be able to make a big impact. And this is a Butler team that in general, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Chuck Harris has dealt with some ailments. I mentioned Bryce Enzi a little bit earlier. Aaron Thompson was out the first few games of the season, their main point guard due to a suspension. He's been able to get the team right around four and a half assists per game. So I think that he's going to be able to come through, do some good things. Now, Zachary Mantle, it, speaking of injuries, he wanted being able to miss the first seven games of the season for Xavier. He's come back and he's been able to look relatively solid for this bunch. So I do think that that is going to be very important. A guy that was able to average 18 points per game last season hasn't necessarily been to his full, I guess you could call it, workload of last season where he averaged those great numbers. It's been more like eight points per game this season. And Got a lot of hit or miss guys when it comes to the Xavier team. Adam Kunkel has been able to shoot about 36% from three-point range. He's able to chip in there eight to nine points per game. I was expecting a little bit more when he transferred in from Belmont, but he's been able to do an okay job for this team. But when it comes to what you're able to get out of this Butler team, they've had a couple unexpected guys be able to emerge for the team. Some of the freshmen that have been pressed into action just due to the injuries, due to the guys wind up being out of the fold due to suspension, what have you. They've actually been able to step up and they've been able to do a good job. So I think that this is a Butler team that is being a little bit undersold. And with Butler, even though this is not a prolific offense, a team that ranks in the bottom 35 with regards to possessions per game, you have been able to get a little bit of three-point shooting out of this team. Jair Bolden shoots 36.5% from three, 87.5% the free throw line. You go with his 9.5 points per game. Bryce Golden is six foot nine, Good combo player that averages 10 points, shoots 35% from three-point range. And Simis Luke. Kosius. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. He is a freshman that was really an afterthought coming into the season for the team. He wanted coming up very big when the team wanted playing that game against Nepal. 29 minutes. He had 15 points, four boards. He is a relatively solid freshman that stands right around six foot six. comes in from Lithuania. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job in this spot as well. I do take a look at the Butler and I think that Xavier's on upset alert here. I think that Butler 
has a good chance to be able to win this game outright. I personally want to make a Butler the favorite in this game. I'll be taking them on the money line for the New York Post. I officially gave out the spread. And with Butler, because they do play so slow, I think that they're going to be able to get their tempo in this game. I think that they're going to do a nice job of being able to dictate the terms of this because Xavier is a team that they do rank 230th in the country with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis on the offensive side of things. So I do think that that is going to be hurting the Xavier team in the spot. So I take a look at this game, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under set my total at 127F. And for Butler, gave up for the New York Post, the spread. I think that the money line has a good chance of being able to get there as well. Something else I think has a good chance of being able to get there. Cleveland State. We go to 877, 878 on the betting board. Reason why I'm going to be hitting on this game is that we wound up seeing some late-breaking news on Thursday in that the leading scorer of Robert Morris, he is not going to be playing for the team. As a result, you wind up having Cleveland State go from a 7-point favorite to now in a lot of spots between a 7.5 and an 8-point favorite. Total on this game, it is ranging quite a bit. Anywhere between about a 142.5 to a 144.5. Rasheem Dunn is the player that I'm mentioning with regards to Robert Morris, a guy that has been able to average right around 13 points per game, a little bit over four assists. He was actually a guy that was a key cog for St. John's for a few years. A lot was expected out of him. He was able to do a solid job when he was out there for the team. Now he's going to be out of the fold, and I wound up having to make a two-and-a-half-point move when it came to my line, actually more like a three-point move when it came to my line because I wound up initially setting Cleveland State as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This opened up at seven, so I was waiting on a little bit of a line move. If it would have gotten to eight under normal circumstances, probably would have been taking a little bit more of a look at Robert Morris, but right when I wound up seeing this news, I wound up just firing in on Cleveland State because now I think that anything of single digits is good with Cleveland State. This is a Cleveland State team that is very well coached. Jarrell or Dennis Gates, who is the coach of Cleveland State, he is not going to be a Power 5 coach in a few years. He's going to be a good Power 5 coach in a few years. I mean, this guy took pretty much a bag of gravel and in two years turned them into one of the worst teams in a middling conference in the country and took them to the NCAA tournament last year. I mean, this guy is turning like water, wine into water at this point. I mean... Actually, that'd be water into wine. If you're turning wine into water, you're really not doing a good job. But Dennis Gates is the opposite of that, unlike what I was trying to do with that analogy. But you do take a look at this Cleveland State team. And when it comes to Cleveland State, you've got good, versatile pieces. Corey Penn is a stat sheet stuffer. 13 points, 7 rebounds, solid 3-point shooter. Demoy Hodge has given this team 2-plus steals in each of the team's last five games. Overall, Cleveland State, they generate right around 9 steals per game. They only shoot about 66% of the free throw line. That is a little bit of a woe for the team, but I don't think that this game is going to be close enough that that is necessarily going to matter. You've got a Robert Morris team that we're going to call what it is. They have been a very inefficient team all season long, a team that from three-point range hasn't necessarily been too bad. They shoot about 35% from distance, and they've gotten a little bit better because Cam Ferris wound up missing the first four games of the season. He actually shoots 49% from three-point range, so I'm going to give him a lot of credit for what he's been able to do, but now it's going to be Michael Green, who is most likely going to be running the point guard spot, a guy that comes in for Bryant. Wound up missing a couple games earlier this season, but he takes over a Robert Morris bunch that is 286th in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, so this has certainly not been a team that has been able to fire on all cylinders, and when it comes to Cleveland State, they do a good job with having guys like Adarius Banks that they don't necessarily do a lot when it comes to scoring, but they do a nice job of being able to flow the ball. They do a good job with just being on-ball defenders as well. This is a Robert Morris team that they really weren't playing too fast. They weren't playing too slow. One or third in the country, so they were a little bit above average, but at the same time, they aren't just 
completely going out there and running like turkeys with their heads cut off or anything like that. And then for Cleveland State, they're right around 119, 120. So not a little bit more of an up-tempo style, but with Cleveland State, they've really been able to do a good job of being able to come through on defense. I think that they're going to be able to do a nice job on the glass, really, other than Khalil Spear, who's been able to give this Robert Morris team 11.5 points, 7 rebounds per game. You don't have a lot of rebounding to speak of. So I do think that you've got good value here with Cleveland State, even at the 7.5. You now know that Rasheem Dunn, top scorer and leader in assists for Robert Morris, is no longer with the team. So don't just evaluate that for this game. Evaluate that moving forward for Robert Morris and it comes to Robert Morris, they should be able to knock off IUPUI in coming weeks, but really past that, it's going to be tough for them. I do think that there's good value here on Cleveland State. I think that they are going to be the team to beat that's not named Oakland out there in this conference. So I take a look at the spot. I think that you've got very good value with Cleveland State. Will delay anything that is single digits when it comes to that one. And one game that I've yet to hit on, and I'm going to do it right now just very quickly, that'd be this IPFW against Youngstown State game. Youngstown State is finding themselves right around a six to a six and a half point favorite in your total loss game in between 142 and 143. And for Youngstown State, I do think that they should be more like a seven point favorite. I'm going to be taking a look at them being able to pull this one off because you've got an IPFW team that they do a solid job of being able to hit some three-point shots. Deontay Billups has been able to give you double figures, but I do think that Young Sansei is going to be able to control things down low. Michael Okuchi is able to give you 13 points, seven rebounds per game, and you've got some guys that have been able to do a solid job of being able to step up. Someone like Tavion Olison has been able to do a nice job being able to give you double figures. They've been without Garrett Covington for quite a while, and they seem to have found their form. So I'm willing to lay the points when it comes to Young Sansei, and I'm always willing to lay it online for Visa and so many great people here. You've got Follow the Money coming up next if you are listening to the replay. If you're listening to me live, another three hours of myself, but we've got you covered all throughout the day right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is VSIN. This is VSIN. This is VSIN. This is. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 